Welcome to Grace and Guts. I'm Marta, here to share a few minutes with you about what's on my mind. I promise I won't keep you very long. And today I think I want to talk about tonight. Will you sleep good tonight? Because I'm sure not convinced that I will. Now, what people describe as a good night's sleep has really always been beyond my reach. And I've read everything there is to read. I've tried all the tips. I've listened to advice. I've talked to my doctors, but just didn't work for me. And don't even ask me about a sleep clinic. I cannot tell you how many people have. Because the thought of someone watching me sleep is just beyond creepy. So that's not happening. But someone at one point in time did ask me if I slept good as a child. And that led me to identify a sleep pattern that I established in my childhood. So here's my little story. Now, my father was a rancher, and he was also a minister, a Methodist minister, retired. Now, that's a beautiful story, but I'll save it for another Martyr Moments. So, throughout my childhood, there would be phone calls in the night, and you can imagine that they were seldom good. It could be anything from somebody in a car accident or a death, and the family call because they needed him to be with them. Now, he was a tall, um, burly, red-haired, blue-eyed Irishman, always smiling. And he just had a presence about him. Now, you've known men who were like that. Um, When you walked into a room, you just kind of gravitated to them. And he also had a gift to um, make people feel comforted with his words. And he always made you feel safe. And when a call would come, uh, mother would get up, make him coffee or something to eat. And I could hear them stirring around in the kitchen. And I could hear little bits of their conversation. So I learned early um, about death, and it was always sad, and it seemed like it always came at night. And I mentioned, I think, before that he was in his 50s when I was born and had a stroke when I was very young. He had worked on a farm or ranch all his life since he was a a young boy, and then he spent time in the military. So his all this had taken a toll on his body, and he wasn't in the greatest health. So when he had the stroke, um, he almost died. And my little world literally revolved around him. Um, I couldn't even begin to imagine life without my da. Um, So that event really affected me. And when he came home from the hospital, I think I was 
about six years old, I would tiptoe into his room in the middle of the night and put my hand close to his nose so I could feel his warm breath. And I'm not sure how I came up with this idea, but um, once I knew that he was okay, then I could go back to my room and go to sleep. And I kind of took this on as um, guarding him in a way, checking on him. And that became my responsibility. And it went on for months before I decided finally in my precocious little mind that he was going to live, um, he was getting well, and life would go back to normal. But through all this, um, as a little girl, it was set in my mind that night was when terrible things happened. And the very worst was a call in the wee hours of the morning that one of my brothers that I was closest to had been killed. I was devastated. I was heartbroken. He was gone, and I just, I couldn't imagine my life without him. And now I think back and remember, I think that was when I made the decision to just stay awake. Um, Because if I stayed awake, nothing could happen (laughs) in the mind of a child. Um, I still can remember laying in bed, trying to keep my eyes open, and forcing myself to stay awake. Um, of course, as I was little, I always went to sleep. But um, I was doing the best I knew how to cope with everything. Because I think I really got to the point where it had just been um, too much for me. Now, it got better. Uh, during my teen years, you have a lot of other things to think about when you're a teenager. And then I made it through college. But as an adult, I learned about the dark night of the soul. And you may have heard of it. I never had. But it's a term um, used to describe a very difficult and painful time in one's life. And it can happen more than once. And it isn't just one night Um, The dark night of the soul can last for a year um, because it's a process that you have to go through. And the catalyst can be um, loss of a family member, breakup of a relationship. um, You get a diagnosis of a life-threatening illness or just really any painful event that just blows up your world. I've experienced the loss of all my immediate family. I'm the only one left, and I've been through a divorce and survived serious illnesses. So I've endured many of these dark nights, and I'm sure many of you have too. Now, there's also a book that I discovered called The Dark Night of the Soul, and it was written by a Spanish saint in the 16th century. 
And it's about his time in solitary confinement during the Spanish Inquisition. And he talks of enduring an emptiness beyond measure and darkness he describes as a no man's land. And to survive it, you have to break away from your fear. Well, understanding that was really an important point for me. It was kind of like a light bulb went off because what I had done to myself as a child was develop an extreme fear of death, and death came at night. So through a lot, and I mean a lot of work, um, accepting myself with all my flaws, and I developed a process that I used to make my nights manageable and even enjoyable at times, which is really great. Um, And a big part of that was growing my faith, recognizing that um, God gives the toughest battles to his strongest soldiers and learning that I could not live if I feared death. So, I learned how to live in the moment. And moments like this moment that you and I are sharing together right now. I learned to live in the now. And to have a quality life, which that's what we all want, we all strive for. I found ways to relax and rest my body and mind and accept that if on some days... Might not be a good day, and that's all I can do if I can't get to into a deep sleep. It's okay. I keep stacks of books and writing material on my nightstand. Electronics are a no for me at night. Um, I'm not on my computer, and my phone goes to D&D, Do Not Disturb, at a certain time. All my notifications are off. Um, because I learned that that will just wind me up. It doesn't calm me down, and I need calm at night. Um, I used to travel for business a lot, and when we would check into the hotel, I disappeared to my room while everyone else went straight to the bar, and the joke was they would say, Marta's in her room making her nest, and they were right. Um, I was getting out my books, unpacking my magazines, my notepads, fluffing my pillows so that I would be ready um, for night. And I knew, I, I had learned that even if I couldn't have a, a, a long period of sleep, I could rest. And that's what I had to have to be sharp the next day. Now, you and I both know I'm not a superwoman, so yes, I do sleep, but I've also learned not to stress when I can't, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I have to ignore the people saying, you have to get X amount of sleep. You have to go to bed at a certain time, you have to get up at a certain time, and you have to get a certain number of hours. Well, no, I don't. Everyone is different. Everyone has 
different minds, different bodies, different souls, different stresses, different things going on in their life, and they have to find different ways to cope with things. And there are still times when I wait until 1 a.m. to go to bed because I'm comforted in the thought that it's only four hours until dawn. So I'll always be a night owl. And if you are too, well, I know you can understand me. I hope you get some good rest tonight. Until next time.